The Rudy Giuliani Show. Good afternoon. This is Rudy Giuliani uh, coming to you from uh, New York City live. And uh, hopefully uh, you're going to stay with us for this whole show because at the end we've got some very interesting news that we want to tell you. Uh, but uh, right now... I am uh, always, uh, it seems to me, I'm going to try to count up the days. Maybe I'll do this for, like, our, one of the year-end shows. How many days has Rudy Giuliani been shocked at what he learned in the newspapers that morning or on television that morning or the night before, before he goes to bed or and wakes up and says, can this be possible? Well, here's the one for today. There are a couple for today. Here's the one for today. Hochul's clean slate law. I don't know, honestly, I don't, I don't understand this. So here's the way it works, as I understand it. Of course, the details, God forbid they should put out the details. They don't understand the details. So you know, they get little crib sheets like, when you read classic comic books instead of a novel. Because these people are not, I don't know if they're not smart enough, they don't have the discipline to read a book. A, a book? <laughs> a book. Ooh, that'd be too tough. Uh, so here's what it does. It says that anybody convicted of a misdemeanor will have his record pulled in three or five years, I don't remember. And a, and a felony, which is the important one, other than a Class A felony, and that's virtually, you know, killing somebody and eating them. A Class A felony is um, anything below a Class A felony, it, your, your record gets wiped out after, after eight years. Now, in that category of Class A felonies are extraordinarily dangerous criminals, like manslaughter people. Like somebody who got into a fight with his wife and beat her to death. That would be in that category. Or somebody who was the number two guy on a robbery and the shooting and murder took place. Or, cause they don't, they don't do felony murder anymore. God forbid they don't have the guts to do it. Uh, or the, or the, or the seriousness to do it. Or the understanding of how punishment acts as a deterrent that keeps innocent people uh, safe. They don't understand that either because they encourage crime. This will be as much of a disaster as the stuff Cuomo did. Now, you know, she didn't do the, Cuomo gets a skate on this and I, you know, and O'Reilly really basically knocked him out the other day on this. I only heard a part of it, but my God, I'd never seen anybody beaten to a pulp as bad as Andrew was by O'Reilly on, you know, the bills that people forget that he passed and, you know, don't let them all out. <laughs> bail, no bail, just let them all out. And uh, he's the one that passed the, uh, uh, reduced the age so that if you're, you know, it used to be that if you were 16 or 15 or 16 or 17 and you killed your parents, we treat you as an adult. Now you got to be 18, and uh, you can do whatever the hell you want before that, and we're going to treat you like a juvenile. You're going to go to jail for a very short period of time, and we're going to cover up your records, and nobody's going to know you're a mass murderer or a big murderer or inclined to murder by the time you're 30 and running around looking for somebody else to murder. Uh, Cuomo passed that one, too. Uh, gee, a couple of others. 
Uh, but for some reason, he, de Blasio took up so much of the blame on all that that nobody blamed Cuomo for it. He could have vetoed all of that, but he didn't because he's not a law and order guy. He's a protect the criminal guy or suck up to the Democratic Party guy. Um, so now she wants to put her two cents in. She was supposed to be trying to, you know, trying to fix the bail thing, uh, which she hasn't done. Minor little adjustments that have gotten us nowhere. Uh, and now she comes along with this one. Hide their records. That you hire a guy uh, to, uh, to, to come and do construction on your house. Maybe, uh, maybe he murdered somebody in a fight, uh, but they called it manslaughter, or he took a plea from murder to man, or maybe he raped somebody and he took a plea for, he got some kind of a plea because the woman didn't want to testify. He'd be okay. He'd be fine. You could, he'd come in your house. Oh yes. I don't think there's any state in the union that has anything comparable to this. And I don't know who the hell a constituency is. Criminals? I mean, they're going to vote for you anyway, Hochul. I mean, criminals vote for Democrats. It's in their interest to vote for Democrats, which should give you a good idea that you shouldn't be voting for Democrats. Uh, particularly not with the level of crime that we have, people getting thrown on the subway left and right. Adam's completely out of, I, I mean, Adam's is completely out of control. Don't you realize this is way beyond him? I mean, this is a, a, the, this is a theater of the absurd. He invites them all here, never gives the slightest bit of consideration to how can I afford it, how can I do it, I already have. When he came in, he probably had about thirty to 40,000 homeless, which was a hell of a lot. I had written articles about this, that, you know, de Blasio was blowing the whole homeless situation. But de Blasio, I mean... He was at 30,000. This guy's over a 100. Where did he think he was going to put these migrant people? Oh, he thought they wanted to work. Uh, 2% have applied for work. He never bothered to go down to Texas the way an intelligent, uh, uh, thoughtful, uh, analytical person would do in trying to formulate a new policy. He never thought of going down to Texas and taking a look at who's coming over the border because it might be possible that you don't know who's coming across. You don't know this new crop of people coming across the border because that would determine your desire to open up your whole city to them and try to go into competition with other cities so you get more of them, which is what you did. You made New York City uh, an Uber sanctuary city. So when people were coming over here, that's all they were hearing about, how wonderful it is in New York. Adam's going to love you. He's going to uh, your kids will be in school. They'll be go, they'll go to college. You'll have all the medical care that you want. Uh, you're going to get a lot more than our veterans get. You're going to get a lot more than our homeless people get. We just want you so badly here in New York, much more so than any place else. So he gets the most by far. He's over 100, 165,000 uh, people, uh, none of whom uh, work, none of whom can work uh, for a few months. 
so he tried hard to get them permits, and but then once the permits came in, nobody wanted to work. Because this is not uh, the uh, immigrants of uh, 1850 and 60 and 70, or the immigrants of 1920 and 30 and 40 and 50, who come here to work. That's it. Many of them came here when there was no welfare. It didn't exist until Franklin Roosevelt put it in place, and it didn't become a massive abusive uh, entitlement that creates dependency until Lyndon Johnson's great society. But now, I don't know, do the calculation, you may be better off not working. Uh, and we have a, we have a major underemployment uh, situation where people can't get people to do jobs. And we got plenty of people sitting around that could do jobs. But would it ever occur to these people to do a workfare program? I could show it to them. I did it. Take me a day to explain it to them. I could write it out. I did the first one on my own. I did the second one with a professional, Jason Turner, who made it into, he took our very good idea and he made it into a superb idea and the best welfare-to-work program in the country because it wasn't a work, just a workfare program. It was a welfare-to-work. I didn't want to just throw people off welfare. I wanted to move them into work because I felt, and I gave this speech often to young people, and they would look at me, you know, not understanding it, and I would say, it's not like your father does when he punishes you, right? And he says, you'll understand why this is so important later. I said, I know you're angry at me by requiring you to work, even if you're going to city college for nothing, let's say, but you want welfare, you're going to have to put in 10 hours. If you're not in school, you put in 18 hours. There was a method to my madness. The method was keep them in the workforce. Keep the work ethic alive. Bring the work ethic back. When you're going into second and third generational welfare, the work ethic has been extinguished. It has to be relit. And if it is, it takes off like crazy and there is nothing inconsistent with the work ethic and just about anybody brought up in America. So when you think of African Americans, this idea that they had more unemployment is just a matter of not having organized it right so that they were given the opportunity to work. And if they had gotten into generational welfare, given a push toward work. And you were doing a hell of a favor, and I have to tell you, if any of you sick liberals want to walk down the street with me uh, without, and I will will pick a street, I will guarantee you within five minutes uh, uh, an African-American or Hispanic will come up to me and thank me for workfare. You know why? There were 500,000 of them. They'll thank me. I've never gotten anybody angry at me over workfare. I've gotten people angry at me for putting them in jail. But I've never gotten anybody angry at me uh, over workfare. There were people angry at the time. New York Times said, I think I was running a plantation by getting free labor. But I was doing it because I love them. I was doing it because I love them. They're my fellow human beings. They're children of God like I am. I'm no better than they are, and 
they know better than me, and, and uh, but for the grace of God, I could be in their position. I believe that. I try to make all my social programs work on the theory, how would I handle my brother, my sister, or my best friend if they were in that circumstance, if they were addicted to drugs, or they were living on the street, or uh, or they got in trouble with the law? How would I handle it? That's the way I got to handle it with everybody else as best you can across a big, big society. So that's one thing that drove me crazy today. See, uh, uh, Hochul trying to figure out how she can create more crime in New York, because whether she knows it or not, that is exactly what she's doing. Right now, you got about nine to 10,000 people walking the streets of New York that I can guarantee you would not be walking the streets of New York if I were the mayor. And any one of my three police commissioners was police commissioner or Ray Kelly. I guarantee you that. And you put me there for a year with any one of the four of them. Give me any one of the four of them. Even Bratton, and we don't get along that well, but we're on the same wavelength. We do it in a year. It's not rocket science. It's not easy. And it does require work and concentration. Sometimes it requires staying up all night trying to Puzzle your way through a new crime problem. But it can be done. The second one, which I will talk about when we come back, has me even more upset. And you'll understand why. Uh, All these extraordinarily silly people, sad people, and dangerous people who are promoting Ben Laden's letter to America. What? is wrong with you. We'll be right back. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority PriorityGoldGuide.com. The former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Rudy Giuliani, back with the Rudy Giuliani Show. And I have with me Andrew uh, Giuliani, because I wanted to discuss the other one that shocked the living daylights out of me last night and this morning, and that is that this letter of Osama bin Laden that goes back to, like, 2003 or so, a letter to America, which at the time I thought was wacky and crazy and sick, is now being passed around among uh, mostly young uh, woke women with uh, like, uh, I don't know, like it's Elvis Presley or something. I mean, like, wow, this is mind-blowing. This is eye-opening. Whoa. He blames, he basically blames 9-11 on America and Israel. 
and embed basically saying, now we realize that you deserved it. I, I, you know, what's I am, a, I am, I'm almost lost for words, Andrew. What's amazing so to me upset. about this is the same people that are championing this, that are pushing around, that are saying that Osama bin Laden knew what he was talking about. I don't know if they even understand that if you had Sharia law, like Osama bin Laden wanted to establish, and when he looked at what America would prevent Muslims from doing, it would be to actually establish Sharia law here uh, in what is the melting pot there, then you would have homosexuals that would be prosecuted, probably not even prosecuted, uh, stoned to death. You'd have women treated as second-class citizens, would not be able to drive or anything like that. So so many of the other uh, issues that these people are standing up for would immediately be thrown out in a second. So the ignorance is absolutely incredible. And I think it just shows, again, just how much the education system has failed Americans. Because if people can buy this, then what can't, what well, can't they be sold? So in this, in this letter, uh, the ones, I guess the one that, what thing that catches them is that, uh, we've colonized them. Because this word "colonized" was a big Obama word that, that kind of, and that the the Jews control the policies and the media. So you got a combination of hate Jewish people, hate America, but then they miss a few things that are unbelievable. You brought them AIDS as a satanic American invention, yeah, or you use women to serve passengers, visitors, and strangers to increase your profit margin. That basically means women are not allowed to work. Yeah, this is this goes right back realize, to. Don't they realize? Don't they? Don't they? It's like the gay people uh, uh, marching for Hamas, and if Hamas ever saw them, they'd shoot them in the street. Yeah, these are the same exact people that, as you said, would do this in a second to women when they look. You can't drive. Second class citizens probably wouldn't be able to vote uh, if, God forbid, a woman was sexually assaulted. The woman would be the one who would be killed. So uh, I just can't believe that we can't look at our education system. We've all, always been, we've been talking recently a lot about the Ivy Leagues and about colleges, but you have to look right down through high schools, down through grade schools, and say, is this what the product of what we've been teaching has become? Uh, it, I, it's, I guess, it, yeah. Right. And for me, you know, this is something that we talked a lot about, on September 11th, which is how do you make sure that you teach the lessons of September 11th and the importance of that day? And there's a few people that can talk about that better than you. Um, we've completely failed if this with is, this group. if this, with this group, yeah, yeah. if, if now, this is the case. I wonder if some of this isn't paid for them. Lynette Atkins is a, uh, is a materialist. She's a, uh, uh, she's what, what you call an influencer, which is a new profession. And uh, she's got something like 12 million followers, right? And so she's the one that blows it out. She's the one who says this is, she sees the letter, she puts it out, she says it's mind-blowing and eye-opening. Well, we'll be right back, uh, and we'll, f we'll finish up this thought, and we'll get to your calls. Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Rudy Giuliani, back uh, with you on the Rudy Giuliani Show. And we have on the line... A very, very um, terrific human being, a great patriot, someone whose contributions are historic, really, uh, and uh, with a new movie called Police State, 
which I think, unfortunately and tragically, uh, tells us where we are. I mean, a lot of us think we got to prevent us from becoming fascist. We have to prevent us from becoming a police state. We have to prevent us from having, you know, uh, two systems system of justice. Or we're there, and I think this movie. This movie wakes you up. Uh, so let's talk to Dinesh and ask him what, what, why he did it and, and, and what we take out of it and how you can get to see it. Dinesh, how are you? Hey, Rudy, it's great to be on the show. Um, Another great I, contribution, you know, Dinesh. Okay. Another great contribution. Thank you so much. I'm very proud of this film and also kind of scared be. by it, not because uh, of the techniques of cinematography, but because the country is going into a scary place. And um, in the film, as you know, we show a lot of ordinary Americans going about their business, and suddenly, bam, they come face-to-face with the police state. They experience what Orwell calls the boot stamping on the human face. It's kind of horrific to watch. It it is. I mean, it it is. um, It's one of these things where you say to yourself, and you're almost in a state of disbelief. I never thought this could happen in America. I never thought this could happen. You just keep repeating to yourself, America, this is America. This happened in America. This is the kind of thing we, we've seen in uh, movies, or if we've been in the military, we've seen it overseas. But exactly. we've never seen it I, I don't think I could have made this film uh, five years ago, even three years ago. If I told people I'm making a film called Police State, they would be like, oh, is that a film about North Korea, China, Iran, the old Soviet Union, maybe Cuba? But interestingly, when you look at the defining features of police states, the things that all these unfree and tyrannical societies have in common, things like mass censorship, things like mass surveillance, ideological indoctrination in the schools and the media, criminalization of political differences, trying to lock up the leader of the opposition party, political prisoners. Suddenly we look around and we realize many, if not all of those things are now present uh, to one degree or another in America today. Yeah, I wonder if we did uh, an analysis of us like we do with other governments in terms of degree of corruption and uh, uh, the justice that's achievable in the criminal justice system. You know, we put them in order from one to 190. I wonder, we, we, we'd, be down the, we would be down the list. We would not be anywhere near the top. I mean, we know I longer have. remember, we, Rudy, that uh, this, there were various groups like Freedom House and so on that would do these rankings of people around uh-huh, the world. I do. I don't even think they would do the United States because we were considered like the standard bearer of a free society. So you'd have these unfree societies. You'd have some of them that would fall into the partially free camp. Now, look, I mean, we are clearly not a full-fledged police state because in a full-fledged police state, you cannot make a movie called Police State. <laughs> so we, you know, we aren't there yet. Well, you'd be in the gulag, right? <laughs> that's right. So the movie is a warning. It's a warning that it in is. two years, we have moved so rapidly toward an erosion of our liberties. And at this rate, it won't take us long before we become a full-fledged police state. You know, I watched that, uh, particularly the arrest that you show there. And the way uh, the FBI and, and the federal agents are dressed, um, I did a lot of arrests uh, when I was U.S. attorney and assistant U.S. attorney and associate attorney general. I arrested Nazis. I arrested murderers. I arrested terrorists. I arrested the mafia. I never remember sending them in with machine guns and dressed up like, um, well, dressed up like the Gestapo. 
Yeah, like an invading army. I mean, and they were arresting. They were, they were arresting. Basically, your arrests were nonviolent people. They, let, let's assume they committed crimes, and I don't think a lot of them did. But let's assume they committed crimes. They, they basically were nonviolent crimes or marginally violent. They weren't like mass murderers. Not at all. I mean, as you know, in one case, Mark Hauk, this is a basically a pro-life activist right. who got into a little bit of a shoving match with a guy at Planned Parenthood, just a scuffle, nothing more, and massive FBI raid on his home. But of course, before that happened, his lawyer contacted the government and said, hey, listen, if for whatever reason you want to arrest my client, call me, I'll bring him down to the... So, but they, they wanted to do the shock and awe. They wanted to humiliate him and his family. They wanted to drag him out into the street. They wanted to tip off the media. So it looks like they, they are doing these things by choice and not because these people are dangerous, not because they have to do it this way. They want to do it this way. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, there's always been a, a degree of that. The point that I'm making is this is this is like way off. This is like what you would do if you were at war, not not what you do for domestic law enforcement. Sure, you may put handcuffs on them uh, to make sure that they don't hurt the police or hurt themselves, but you don't. You just don't come in dressed that way. You come in dressed that way. You look like you're you're at war. You you expect an army there that's going to shoot back at you. And you scare well, the hell out of their uh, kids. I don't know if those kids ever recover from that. No, no. And I think that this is why a movie is so necessary and so powerful. By the way, if you let me say, policestatefilm.net, that's the place that you can... Policestatefilm.net. That's how you can stream the movie. That's how you can buy DVDs. We're being blocked at Walmart and Amazon, so the website is the place to go, policestatefilm.net. But here's the point I wanted to make, Rudy, which is that you can tell Americans today about this. But they don't really believe you because the country hasn't had this kind of experience. Most Americans, when they think of a police state, they're looking for like the Stalin overcoat, the Hitler mustache. Right. So the idea that it could happen here, it's like it's not enough to tell them you've got to show them. And, and the beauty of this film is that not only do we have these kind of clinically uh, accurate uh, recreations, but we also have dash cam footage, surveillance footage. Yeah, yeah. In one case, we put you inside a guy's apartment this is Joe Balanos of New York, and you can see these like armed soldiers coming up the, you know, the they're coming up the stairs. They pull out a tape and cover the the camera so that they don't want what they're doing to be recorded. You see the battering ram come smashing through the door. I mean, you are like inside the apartment watching this happen because the guy happened to have a, a kind of a hidden surveillance camera. I have to ask, also ask if I get asked all the time, how do people get 2,000 mules? Well, 2,000 mules I recently put up for about a week free on Twitter, on X, because I wanted people to see it. There were people who were like, I never saw it, or, or I can't afford to see it. I don't want to have to buy it. I'm like, all right, listen, it's been out a year. We've recovered our capital and that we, you know, we raised to make the movie. So I'll just put it up for free. And I'd be willing to do that again. I want people to be able to see yeah, that yeah, movie. A lot of people, you know, a lot of stuff, a lot of uh, sporadic stuff has come out recently in Georgia. Uh, some films have come out showing uh, double and triple counting. Uh, there, w- there was the case in Bridgeport where, where a judge uh, reversed an election because there was ballot stuffing very similar to what you see on 2,000 mules. So uh, 
these these uh, uh, situations are coming out that show fraud in the election, and then people remember it, and, and they either saw it, want to see it again, or they've been told about it. And it yeah, really is. I'll, I'll it's never been it's, idea and make it easy for people to do that. It's never really been refuted. Not, not at all. In fact, ironically, if you go back and read the fact checks on the movie, you want to laugh out loud. I, I People did. saying stupid stuff like geo-tracking doesn't work, cell phone technology doesn't allow you to pinpoint where somebody's located. Rudy, I mean, you're a law enforcement guy. You know that not just in the January 6th cases, but today in pretty much any case involving burglary or murder, the first thing they do is grab the guy's phone and they track where the guy was. Yeah, he, 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 here you he go. He's casing the suspect's joint two days before. So this, this is reliable technology used every day by law enforcement, and yet somehow, suddenly when it comes to ballots, it's like, oh, it doesn't really work. <laughs> it's accepted in court, uh, I mean, as reliable evidence. Um, and, of course, you know, you can make a mistake with it, but then that, that can always be checked. And, you know, I, I was worried when you did that, that they would go check every single one, and they'd find three or four mistakes which is always possible, right? Three, four, five mistakes. And then they focus on the three, four, five mistakes and make it appear as if all they did was their usual. This is, this is a new word they have given new meaning to. They said, it's been debunked. <laughs> right. But then they don't right. tell you who debunked it. So no, I keep no, it. Exactly, when they do that exactly. to me, I Let's ask see. them, let me see you the know, debunking the point, report. The point of what we showed in that, in that film was, this is what the cell phone data shows. And this is what the surveillance video shows. And the next logical step is to go talk to the mules. Find out from this guy, hey, where do you get this big, uh, you know, where do you get this big bag of ballots? Why did you show up at three in the morning? Why does the video show you looking left and right to make sure that no one's watching you? And then you go up to the ballot box and start shoving the ballots in. And when you're done, you take photos of the ballot box. Why did you do that? But see, no one did any of that follow up. And again, maybe there was a perfectly rational explanation. I can't think of one, but maybe there is one. But they were, the, the left was determined that no one should do that. And that's what they've been doing. I mean, that's what they did originally when I first put out the allegations of criminality on the part of Biden, which goes back now five years. That was the answer. These charges have been debunked. So I said, show me the debunking report so I can analyze it. I've never yet to see a debunking report of that. Well, of 2000 you know it all mules. goes back really to think about it. This And they stopped saying this after 2000 meals, but they were saying it. On every media outlet, this is the safest, most secure election. Oh, yeah, in the US that's history. another one that's hilarious. Right? Yeah, and so you go, okay, listen, if it's the most secure election in U.S. history, show me the, the the demonstration where you have looked at the amount of fraud in 2020 and every previous election and compared it, and, sh and so that you've discovered that the fraud in 2020 was less than in any previous election. So, where is that? Study. Where is that documentation? And it turns out that not only has no one proved that, no one has even attempted it. So the, the sheer absurdity of claiming without a shred of evidence that this is the most secure election in history, I think they finally realized that it's yes. just too stupid to keep saying it. So they don't say it anymore. But they were saying it nonstop for two years. Well, I'm going to tell people they should get both. They should catch up on police state because it's really compelling. And it is reality and it, it uh, shakes you into uh what's really going on this is not exaggerated in any way 
And uh, the analysis of the election is the most scientific, the most objective, the one that could be debated if you wanted to, if they had any. I mean, you, you could go redo that and say, oh, um, Dinesh and his team were wrong. Uh, nobody's ever done that. Nobody's ever done that. And I'm not done with that topic, I'll tell you right now. But, yeah, I mean, I'll make a deal. I want people, I'll make it easy for you to see 2,000 mils for free. I may put it right back up on X on Twitter. Uh, but do go out and buy police state because yeah, absolutely. for us to it's make these gr- films, we need to, we, generally what I tell investors is, hey, listen, I'll work hard in the market. I'll get you your money back so you can give it back to me to make the next film. And that's my deal. I call it recycled philanthropy so that I can run the same dollar around the block and create a viable film business out of that. And again, again, how do they get Police State? Go to policestatefilm.net. You can stream the movie onto any device, okay. uh, including your big screen TV. Yeah. You can also buy DVDs, and with the holidays right around the corner, great time to load up on DVDs and share them, for put them for in the me, stockings. For, this is a good one for uh, 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 an iPad or an iPhone, because you want to stop it a lot. This is this is one where I, I, I you know I saw the whole movie first, but then I've gone through it like three four times you know in different sections, because uh, uh, there's a lot to it. There's a lot there's a lot that um, a lot of detail that comes out when you go through it a second and third time. You're gonna find you're gonna find you get a little addicted to it, which is great. I mean, well, it, so it, I uh, highly recommend it. it. Thank you. You know, I was in the theater watching people, and it's it's a very emotional movie. I mean, people are quite overwhelmed at the end. I've seen complete oh, strangers yeah. people- hugging or, like, walking out talking about the movie afterward because it has an intellectual but also an emotional impact. Yeah, and they and this is what they're living through, and they know it. And it, 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 um, it in a way, it visualizes and puts on the screen their worst fears. They know they know this. But you, you're, you were, in many ways... Uh, 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 visualizing for them what they know, they just haven't put it all together that way. And, yeah, it's uh, the power of I mean, film. You know, you know, it's what film can do yeah, that yeah, other things fabulous. can't do. Because it's like if you tell someone about something, if I told you, for example, I grew up in India, it wouldn't give you a good idea of what that was. But if I showed you, there's my house, there I'm, there's me at 10 years old, these are the Absolutely. vendors I had to pass Absolutely. when I went to school, you'd be like, wow, I have a very good feeling because I've sort of seen it and felt it. Well, thank thank you so much uh, uh, for 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 your patriotism and what you do for this country, and thank I you really for taking all the you. garbage you take. <laughs> thank you, and we'll be back with the mayor's final thoughts. America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani back with the mayor's final thoughts, sponsored by Tunnel to Towers, the organization that's there for our uniform members who lose their lives in the line of duty or, or lose the ability to use their limbs and, 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 and are catastrophically injured. They're there to take care of the mortgage on the home. They're also there to take care of the home, to make sure that they have a home that's livable and gives them the maximum amount of independence. Now, you want to, you want to contribute to that, particularly with all that's going on and all the uncertainty and to have these men and women know that there's a whole country behind them. It isn't just, it isn't just a government, you know? It's a whole country behind them. Well, I've been informed that there's a, um, that there's a rally outside our building, um, 
and I think Curtis is with us, right, Curtis? Oh yeah, loud and clear here. In fact, uh, it's uh, Curtis. What's go- what what what's going on there, Curtis? Uh, are they? Um, I, I assume these are uh, uh, nutty uh, pro-terrorist uh, uh, demonstrators. Oh, they are. They're outside of uh, Chuck Schumer's office, which is a block away from where we broadcast. And they're having a die-in. So remember, this goes back to the 60s where oh, they would have be A die-in. Okay. Right. So they're all okay. laid out as if they were casualties uh, of warfare. And they're just laying on the, the side. And they're upset at Chuck? I mean, he's... He suddenly put a glove on him. I mean, he, he, they're, they're upset at Chuck? Well, yeah, because he's been very pro-Israel. As you know, he's spoken at all the pro-Israel rallies. But I, I want to do a Yeah, warning. kind of. I want to do a warning <laughs> to these young folks, because many of them look college age, high school age, that with all the flotsam and jetsam on the streets of New York City from the garbage that doesn't get picked up and the infectious diseases that may be on the floor, maybe they'd want to wear Bulletproof body condoms when they do something like this. What do you think, Rudy? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, medical, uh, the medical uh, department of the city of New York may want to do testing uh, of these poor young folks who don't know what they're getting into. They may have to be quarantined. Yeah. I wouldn't. Uh, Did you ever think of that? They can't be let out of New York because they can't bring it to Philadelphia. Or if, 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 if tomorrow's rally is in Philadelphia. They shouldn't be allowed in Philadelphia. Well, this is it. It's it's rally <laughs> de jour. Remember, you used to have demonstration de jours against you by Al Slim Shady Sharpton, and you would not capitulate, you would not fold, you would not no, surrender. No, I used to enjoy them. If I didn't have one, I thought I was not doing my job. It's every day I remember yeah, but you. I, but, but I... I never let him take the, uh, the streets, though. No, you but you got to be on a sidewalk. No, now. no. But now, forget it, Rudy. Our our police department is in shambles. Uh, Eric Adams took the wrecking ball to it yesterday. There will be twenty nine thousand cops when all the cutting uh, is finished. They have on the table at City Hall a proposal. This goes back to nineteen seventy four. Oh. Uh, last uh, hired, first fired, first two years in the department after graduation. And you're subject to being furloughed. This what is a terrible nuts. time for this to happen. Nuts. Unbelievable with all this going on, all this going on domestically, all this going on overseas, the crime, the civil disturbance, this ridiculous uh, uh, contrived uh, riots. And how much Soros money do you think is behind this? Oh, it's total, total. And others, uh, we see yeah. it's so just like uh, just like tw- uh, 2020. But if you don't have a police department that's strong, and by the way, Rudy, unlike when you were police commissioner and when I was growing up and I would get a few wooden shampoos along the way, they've taken the nightsticks away from the cops. How are the cops to defend themselves? They have a gun. They have a taser. Yeah. But they don't they have, have a nightstick. They have to be careful stick. where they grab you. Exactly. They even have to be careful how they grab you. They can't grab you near the net. Oh, well. Well, we'll be back on Sunday morning with Uncovering the Truth with Dr. Maria. I'll be on at 8 tonight on, oh, try it on Z, uh, X. <laughs> and God bless America. And thank you, Curtis. You're welcome. Always on the spot. God bless America. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 